how this draft class in 2023 affect the Jaguars? Does it change them on offense or defense? I'll answer that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining me, Tony Wiggins, here on Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen because it's your team every day here on Locked on Jaguars. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page as well for free at Locked on Jaguars on YouTube. And make sure you hit that like button and check in every single day. Wherever you get your audio podcast, also make sure you check in to make sure you don't miss an episode of Locked on Jaguars. What's happening, people? What's going on? Hump day and all of that stuff. I want to talk draft the draft class uh i gotta say hello to my everydayers out there first what's going on with y'all i'm glad uh y'all will be if you're listening or watching you got to be doing okay right so stuff life ain't beating you up enough to keep you away from the lockdown jaguars podcast and we appreciate that and also to the the new listeners you're more than welcome come back tomorrow you won't be new once you're new twice you're not make yourself an everyday also um this draft class Got this idea from uh, a fellow, one of my uh, fellow members of Locked On Jaguars. I, I mean, Locked the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'll do that from time to time. I'll steal. I'll definitely steal if if something is good. And so today, I'm actually stealing this idea. I want to see if this draft class changes. What do they offer the Jaguars, and uh, do they actually change uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and their outlook and and what they look like, what they actually look like on the football field? And, and is it good or bad that they either change, don't change, whatever they uh, offer up? Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? And we'll discuss that. And we'll look at it differently. We'll look at offense and then we'll look at defense. We'll look at both independently. And then in the third segment, give you an overall idea of um, what we believe that this means in the big picture. So we'll go through that. Um, first, to set this up, we have to understand the Jaguars did not do a ton in free agency in terms of big names, right? And one of the things is, and we're going to go with it, and, and I'm not going to be overly critical anymore. I was a little bit afraid of it, but no no need to keep beating that stuff over the head of people and, and, and talking about your fears. Let's just talk about what is. Right now, what it is is they loved their team. They liked their roster. They liked their guys. They liked their group, as they call them. And – um to hear Doug say that, to hear Trent say it, and Trent said we're not done building our roster, but just the other day at the at the presser for uh the voluntary offseason program, Doug said we'll continue to look if something if we think something is of value, we're not just gonna do things just to do it, basically I'm paraphrasing. I'm not we're not gonna just do things just to do it. We'll look and we'll find out if there are things out there. Uh, that are valuable if someone can really, really help us and and this, that, and the third. So when you hear that, it really sounds like they actually do like their group and they like their starters and they like the guys that they're bringing back with the addition of Calvin Ridley and some of the upgrades that they made 
in the draft as far as their depth is concerned. So I don't think the draft class as a whole is going to absolutely change the Jaguars this year, right, Um, on defense. I I just – I believe it gives them um, some depth. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is they're going to challenge – uh, some of those guys that are in the too deep, uh, there will be challenges for that. And guys who we've known, um, we've known their name on the team, they they might get pushed a little bit. And uh, we'll, we'll go through those one by one. Well, let's start on defense, all right? Let's start on defense because it's easy to start on offense. We're going to go and start on defense. The first defensive player the Jaguars chose was in round four. Now, why this makes such a a big deal for me is because you can't sit here and tell me that there uh, aren't very many or take the position that there aren't very many veterans out there even now or at the beginning of free agency that you really thought could help your team more than just keeping your team intact, right? You can't tell me that and then tell me, but a 20-year-old from University of Florida in the fourth round can have a huge impact on this team this year. So you see where I'm going? The question is already almost answered. If you liked your team enough that you didn't go add people, you didn't add proven people, and you said that cap space wasn't the problem, that cash, it's always about cash, not cap. Those are Trent Baalke's, GM Trent Baalke's words. Then to fully expect a rookie on the on that side of the ball when your first rookie your first player picked on the defensive side of the ball was in round four and then you hit it again in round five round six well twice in round five uh the next four players starting in round four you had two fourth round picks and two fifth round picks that's where you got your defensive guys from and then you you, you tap back into it later on in the secondary with chris christian braswell Eric Hallett. So, um, and then some guys at the very end, like Derek Parrish was a, he's going to play offense though. He's going to play fullback or whatever they're going to play him at. So for me, it's just a big question of how much can you really, really, really affect uh, the impact of, how much really is it going to impact and how much can you really expect it to impact uh, since uh, this team really, uh, whether we think they had holes or not, they don't believe that they had a, a, a significant amount of holes on offense. So how much can a guy like that really impact the starters when really it, it screams that they're hoping to hit on something. If something uh, does or some player does appear on the defensive side to be able to just do way more than his draft status um suggests then to me that that's what they're 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 really going to depend on so so as we look at the the defensive side here i'm going to go through some names real quick ventura miller we talked about mr miller yesterday is a miller time i do uh think that uh he does have some impact and um i do think that he'll have some impact on their ability to have someone that they can plug in in case they have injuries Somebody that's going to really push someone to tell, to tell, um, you know, those guys that are in front of them, look, hey, you, you, you got to play. I think 
Ventrell Miller particularly makes Shaq Quarterman, uh, it raises his hopefully it raises his level of play. I think Tyler Lacey has a chance as a spot player, um, especially with Dewan Smoot not being out. I think he has a spot player. Yasir Abdullah to me is the wild card because if he can get uh, some pass rush in certain situations and provide a, a lot of speed, and he's a, he's a different built guy than they than they've had on this team, where they're just to me they're screaming at we're just going to do it at all costs to hell with traits and size and all of that stuff. We just need guys who can go and chase the quarterback, and he could really really do that. And Pete Prisco had him as one of his better than guys too, so that's something to watch out for. Antonio Johnson slid in the draft. I have no absolutely no why. I don't know why he did. But because Antonio Johnson did slide a little bit in the draft, he has a chance and he's sitting in a sweet spot to really learn from the guys in front of him. So what this gives you is it gives you athletic future guys that you can depend on depth wise that will help you make decisions on other guys in the future. I don't believe, however, that any of those guys makes this defense changed or look a little bit different. We'll do the offense uh, in segment two. And then after we do the offense, We'll give you everything in a nutshell and kind of tie a bow on, on this entire subject. We'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. After I let you know about today's sponsor, and you know who that is, man. That is absolutely my favorite, and it is today's sponsor is FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel is the place to be, man. These NBA playoffs are predictable. Can Boston make a comeback? I don't know, man, but I tell you what. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat First bet up to $1,000. That's right. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Like if you took Miami to close the series out last night, then you lost. And if that was your first bet, you could have qualified for the $1,000 uh, bonus bets because your team lost. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for joining me here once again on Locked On Jaguars for segment two with your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. I got a lot of stuff going on around me, man. If people realize the stuff that I was dealing with today, they're going to be wondering how the hell I was able to talk about this pod and talk about football. But that's what we do, man. We we talk about it when we when we need to and when we have to. So um, we were looking at and we just looked at the, the defensive players who were picked in the draft and how much they change, uh, if at all, uh, this year's team. We come to the conclusion that, they can affect this year's team on defense, but I don't think they change the overall way that they look unless somebody just goes in training camp and turns out that they're way, way better uh, than we expect. The offense is a little different. The offense is a little different. First of all, the offense is going to change because of Calvin Ridley. So he's not a draft pick, but it's not um, It's not necessarily and, – and, and it's all relative that they didn't get free agents because – they didn't get any like sign anybody in free agency that they think they're going to be a starter. They didn't even do that. So that's all relative, but Calvin Ridley is a little bit different because he is the one new addition that they're going to have that does change the team. So before we can even get to the rookies, the rookies are not coming into the same situation as the defensive rookies, because the defensive rookies are being added to essentially the same team, the offensive Rookies are not being added to the same team. They're not being added to just uh, the same guy. So it's not really an apples to apples comparison 
they're actually being added to a, a unit that has added a, a proven skill position player. Like outside of Trevor Lawrence, uh, Calvin Ridley is the best player on the offense. He's probably the second best player on the team, to be honest with you. So um, let's just look at it, though. Anton Harrison, of course, was picked number one overall, rightfully so. Um, he's going to start. Does he change the team? He, no, because he's you're replacing Juwan Taylor, essentially. So that's not a change. Uh, the only change to it is I'm not going to say he's the same player. I'm not going to say he's better or he's worse because that would be, you know, that's kind of premature to say any of that stuff. But he makes him younger. And Juwan Taylor wasn't very old. He's not, I don't think he's as big as Taylor. He's like 6'4", 315, where Taylor was 6'5", 320. Um, but I, I do believe that the money that they're going to pay him is the same type of money that Juwan Taylor made. He was picked like four or five, maybe 10, 10 places higher than Juwan Taylor, and Taylor only played here on a rookie deal. But knowing that they're not having to pay Juwan Taylor all of that money, it's, it's almost setting up, and they didn't spend a lot in free agency. It's setting up so they can just – use that money to take care of other people on the team, which I think they they probably were able to do that with Devon Hamilton because of the money that they that they saved. And now in the future, you, you got Anton Harrison. If you look at a fifth-year option, you got him on a rookie deal for five years. So that's going to enable you to do whatever you got to do next year for Lawrence, for Josh Allen, and whoever. So from that perspective, when you say does it change how they look? No, but it probably changes the outlook for the future but it doesn't change the way that they look this year uh Brenton strange does change the way that they look and here's why is because he's not a move tight end or a blocking tight end he's both he, he's whatever he's the guy that doesn't give away tells when he's in the game chris manhurts was in there to block we knew it and evan ingram is in there to pa catch passes this guy is what i like because what it is is He's a guy that doesn't give the opposition a chance to figure out and make substitute situational substitutions because whatever you think he's going to do, he's you, you think he's going to yang, he's going to yang. You think he's going to yang. Now, I don't know how great of a player he's going to be. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you can do more with him, right? You can absolutely do more with them. There's still an argument about Shaq and Tim Duncan, who was better. Shaq was more dominant. But you could also, when he was in the game, you could hack a shot because he couldn't shoot free throws. You couldn't do that with the other guy. So the other guy gives you more versatility because you also couldn't back up off of him when he wasn't near the paint, right? You couldn't do that with Dunk. So that's what having a guy that is is, is a do-it-all does. He takes away the ability for the defensive coordinator to think he knows what's going to happen. Tank Bigsby, he changes this team. He makes the offense look different. And that's why I'm so excited about it because – along with Burton Strange. Tank, Tank, Tank Bigsby, in my opinion, is a starting caliber running back who's big and he's fast, who you're very, very comfortable with if you have to give him the ball 15, 20 times. I'm dead serious. That's how good I think he is. And to go along with Travis Etienne, you're not going to get a break in the running game. And sometimes, you know, that helps the defense when they know they're not going to get a break because they don't take guys lightly. Maybe sometimes they took guys like Jermichael Hasty, who's still on the team, took those guys lightly a little bit and said, well, let's just do this. Tank Bigsby is going to be a problem. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a year or two down the line, the Jaguars would be considered the team 
with one of the five or six best uh, one-two punches at running back. I like Tank just that much. So the first three picks are on offense. Do they absolutely change the offense? Yes, they do, but the offense was already changed anyway. And uh, I think the offense has a real good chance, especially with another year of learning this system to be more dynamic. All right, I'll finish this off here in segment three and tell you and tie a bow around this and tell you what I think all of this stuff means. And we'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguar. All right, so we've been examining this year's rookie class and do they change uh, this football team? Now, let's do it as a whole. We broke it down, offense, uh, defense first, said they didn't change the way the defense looked very much. Let's, let's break it. We broke down the offense, said they do change, but the offense was going to change anyway with Calvin Ridley. But now there's even more change, there's more versatility, there's, they're more dynamic. So, yeah, here we go. Here's what we're going to do. How does the draft class as a whole affect this team? I think it allows them that if you get, of all of these guys, if you get nine of them to stick, let's just say you get nine. I got a feeling there's going to be more than that. But if you get nine of them to stick, what it does is it, it, it allows them to uh, trade some guys that are already on the team that don't necessarily have big deals but are good enough football players where they can land somewhere else and get late round or conditional draft picks for them. It also allows you to purge a little bit of the guys that have already been here that are on the back end of the roster that you can replace and keep some guys around without having to pay uh, the larger salaries and worry about having guys on the roster that you're going to have to re-up next year or just lose them uh, just for nothing in free agency or some late round compensatory action. You can go ahead and make moves now and have these young guys in place and start grooming them because it's very important now because the Jaguars are a, are a draft and develop team. Now, as you all know, because we made that extremely clear, we ain't going to argue back and forth anymore about whether it's a good idea or was it a good idea that they didn't sign certain people or certain amounts of people or certain numbers. None of that stuff. We're done with all of that because this is what they've decided to do. So even if it's wrong, we're going to fight about on that wrong. Like what they say in the wire, if it's a lie, we fight on that lie. So this is what they've decided to do. So we're going to sit here and make sure that we talk about it in a positive way and try to figure out the best way for this thing to work because that's what we do. Because this is about the fans, you know, it is about hoping that they have success and not sitting here and nitpicking at everything that goes on. I'd rather be wrong and they be very successful because that makes you happy than for me to be right. And then they're not successful because that's just that just that makes it all about me. And that's not what it's about. So I do think. From the sheer numbers and the fact that everybody was saying that this wasn't a good draft, I think the Jaguars were able to get some value at spots and and give some guys a, an opportunity to come in here and really make this club and be a part of the future of this team. If you're a draft and develop team, well, you can't develop people if you don't draft them. Um, and if you don't draft them, you ain't going to be able to develop them. So you can't be a draft and develop if you're not doing that. So that's exactly what they were able to do this year at some critical positions, at positions where guys will be free agents soon and decisions will have to be made about their future. Um, Antonio Johnson is, is, is really, Antonio Johnson, Ventrell, and Lacey, those are the real picks on defense that I think if those guys are not forced to do too many things early but are able to learn and build 
They can have Ventrell Miller can have, and I mentioned this yesterday, even though Philly won a whole bunch. And normally when we talk about stuff like this and we compare our team to a winner, the Jaguars weren't even a playoff team. But now you can actually compare yourself to teams that got to the Super Bowl because you were two games away, right? Ventrell Miller can come in and do what N'Kobe Dean did last year, soak it up and learn. I would follow Foyer Oluwakan around if I was him, right? And I would let uh, Muma and Devin Lloyd know that I'm here and I'm coming and I ain't going nowhere. And I would probably go walk right in the locker room and I'd probably go over and snatch a sandwich from Shaq, Shaq Quarterman to say, hey, this is what it is, dude. We fighting for everything, right? So I think being the type of player that I've heard he is, shout out to Brandon Oates from Lockdown Gators who thinks Ventura Miller is one of the two best inside linebackers that ever played at school. And if if that's the case, then they have the type of guy, that position that you really do want. Mr. Lacey is a big, big end. Now, you look at the numbers, 6'4", 279. They got guys bigger than that. You got to see him in person to really realize and understand exactly what I'm talking about because he's probably going to buck up and puff up. You see him in two or three years when the inevitable happens, when he starts getting older, he's going to be bigger, right? He's going to be 290 pounds with the ability to rush the passer, set the edge, play big end, give you some versatility to slide inside on passing downs. You can never have too many guys like that. They've had guys. Ray McDonald was a guy in, in San Francisco that was built just like that. And a lot of times with Trent Balky, you'll be able to find guys in his past that were built and set up just like guys, especially if those guys were successful. Tank Bigsby, if I had to, if I had to say running style, I hate to do comp, but Tank Bigsby reminds me of Frank Gore. There you go. And that's another 49er guy. The one thing I do notice that, and I told people this in the offseason, something I heard about the 49ers back in the day, that they look different in their uniforms back in those times. Strength and conditioning. You could already see the physical nature of the guys that they picked, along with how big the you look at you see these dudes coming back and Cisco's all yoked up and Rayshon Jenkins. I think what you see is. What you see is if you read the room, you can now understand what they were talking about going into the offseason and what the exit meetings were about. We got to be bigger. We got to be physical. We got to be meaner. We can't just be out here trying to do misdirection and, and outsmart and outflank everyone and, 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 and scheme everybody up. At some, at some point, especially when you get inside the five-yard line, we ain't got no reason to be throwing the ball. We need to be busting people in their mouth and knocking them off the ball. If you look back at some of the, the games that the Jaguars struggled in or lost, even if they were close, they lost the physical battle. They lost it in Philly. After, even after jumping out to a, a 14 to nothing lead, Philly started running the ball down their throat, and then they weren't able to run the ball back and be physical. So all of those games where they lost against Houston last year, the first game here in Jacksonville, which was a real ugly ugly this is an ug fest basically and houston ended up winning and they stopped the jaguars on the one inch line you go back to that game and there were points when houston ran the ball and did what they wanted to do and, and was more physical football team than jacksonville that should not happen this year because the jaguars if anything what these picks and what the the uh the the depth additions in free agency and then what they look like now it it appears to me that they decided that they were going to make sure that the one little weakness, and that's a self-diagnosis and that's a good one. And if that's what they did, that's fine. But it looks like to me, those little moments, those three or four plays where they had to throw because Doug may 
maybe wasn't as he maybe wasn't as as confident that they were going to be able to blow people off the ball and move people around. Um, it changes now, so a lot of the outlook on the on the team changes. Overall, they look different because of that added little bit of physicality. Uh, individually, the defense, I don't think they change very much. The offense, I think they change a whole bunch. So that, to me, is going to be the impact on the team. It's more about – it's almost like when you try to add team speed. You just don't go out and just get f- fast guys. Like, you remember they had the they had the relay team coming in here every week when Irvin was here. they get the fastest guys they could. They could run a nine route, and they'd send him on the nine route. And then when he didn't catch a ball, two weeks later he got released and stuff like that. You, you fix team speed by – adding good football players who are just faster than the ones that you have, not just going out and getting track stars, right? I think you add physicality. You don't just go out and get people who lift weights. You just get people who are bigger, who play a little bit more chippy, and who are a little bit more rugged, and you do it across the entire roster. So that's where I think it is, man. I think the Jaguars have changed that way. Uh, Stick with us. We'll have some more stuff for you as uh, OTAs get going, we're not, you know, they don't let us come out but once a week. And I missed it this week, but I won't miss it next week. You guys make sure you, t- you tap in the Locked On Jaguars every single day. We'll bring you more coverage, more offseason things to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the rest of the week. Until then, you guys take care and we'll see you tomorrow.